Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. Yeah. I actually just had a salad with feta cheese in it. Right oh my God. This. I love feta cheese. I love, fe- what's your favorite cheese? Like if you could only have one cheese for the rest of your life. Oh my gosh. You know what? <laughs> I'm really into like. What? I really <laughs> like bitter cheese. So oh. maybe like Greer cheese. Mm-hmm. Like white Greer cheese on mm. like crackers or warmed up on a baguette. Oh, oh! Don't even talk to me about warmed up. Oh, I know. Like or warm. I always would say like warm brie, but I think I need a little bit more flavor. So the Greer would add a bit more of like a kick to it. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that you uh, like bitter cheese. Cause I'm bitter. I'm bitter. I'm bitter. <laughs> Yeah, mm, Gruyere. Mm, 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 it's mm, so mm, good. Mm, 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 mm. And I think we're about to be talking about something real cheesy on this podcast episode <laughs> this evening. Listen, persist with the segues. <laughs> You're getting so good at them. <laughs> You're getting so good at them. Oh, yeah, because I did the last one. Yeah. Did you? Actually, maybe you did because we were teasing that we were talking to Shannon Burns, who was the Virgin Radio host, and yeah, you were like, are you going to talk about that on your EP? And I was like, yeah, the EP that you'll be hearing this week because it's going to get some radio play, and you might be wondering why it's going to get radio play. Well, that, that has to you. do with our guest. Yeah, you segued again. Maybe I need to pick up the slack on the segues a little bit. But you did bring up the EP, so it was a team effort. Aw. I like thinking about us as a team. Oh, okay, Soulmate Johnson. Oh, actually, that's also a good segue because, first, what is my name in your phone right now? It literally says Soulmate Johnson. And why? Because I believe that you're one of my soulmate connections. Oh, one of? Yes. Okay, so on today's pod, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll explain why you're one of them. Okay, yeah, okay, this is how I feel. I think this is gonna, we're gonna have the same viewpoint on this. So, guys, on this pod, we kind of wanted to just do like uh, one of those like chill chats with SP this week and just talk about something that we both find really interesting, which is soulmates. Do they exist? What are they? Can it mean different things to different people? Can you have friend soulmates? Can you have lover soulmates? Can you have family soulmates? 
one person for the rest of our lives. Yeah. And I feel like this is something that you are like, have maybe thought about a lot or like this is like a topic that like really interests you. I've never really thought about like whether I have a soulmate, like that was never a thought that really crossed my mind or like, so I think we might have like different views, but kind of the same views. And another thing I wanted to talk to you about is also twin flames and the differences between twin flames and soulmates. I was thinking about that because Purse has an awesome friend named Jess, shout out Jess Kohek, and she was told by a psychic, I think, that her and her fiance is her twin flame. And so, and I've never heard that, like, that's the only time I've ever heard twin flame still. Like, I haven't just heard it out and about. And so I've been, like, curious. I keep forgetting, like, what exactly that means and what the difference is. It's fascinating. I'd heard about twin flames because I have a tarot reader that I sometimes get readings from every so often. It's been, a, it's, it's been like a hot second, but I love her. And she, at one point, she- Wait, is it Olivia Love? Yeah, shout out <laughs> Olivia Love. Shout out. I had to give her a shout out. She um, had mentioned that someone she was dealing with was a twin flame connection. And because uh, we were talking about like me in general, just life in general. And that's when I was like twin flame. And when I Googled it, I was like, oh, that's what a twin flame is. So if you guys don't know what it is, we're going to dive into it. But first- should we dive into soulmates? Sarah, I want to hear your, your thoughts on soulmate connections and do you believe in soulmates? Listen, I as soon as we decided we were going to talk about soulmates, the first thing I thought about was Wedding Crashers. And do you guys remember Wedding Crashers when Owen Wilson is talking to Rachel McAdams before her big speech at the wedding and she's like, she's like, what's a soulmate? And he's like, a soulmate is your soul's recognition of its counterpoint in another remember that part I never forgot that line because I like that view view of a soulmate I've never believed that there's such thing as one perfect person out there for me um I I don't really see the logic in that and also I'm just kind of like a greedy gal and I don't want just one person I want to experience many different friendships and relationships and I want many soulmates in my life. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to be, I want connection with everyone. Mm -hmm. So I really like that because I like that Wedding Crashers quote because it's saying it's your soul's recognition of its counterpoint in another person. But I think you can have many, many counterpoints. Like we're multifaceted people. So we have all sorts of different points um, to our personality, to our beliefs and our values. And so... I can see you as my soul's counterpoint and I can also see my sister Mm -hmm. um, and for different reasons. And so that's kind of how I feel about soulmates. Um, I also found this article that was talking about like the science behind soulmates. And um, there was this NASA roboticist who tried to answer the question, what if everyone actually had only one soulmate? A random person somewhere in the world and I guess this guy like actually crunched the numbers and found out that if you if soulmates were real like you only had one person in the world that was your soulmate and that's it um you'll only find true love in one lifetime out of 10,000 it's like a one in 10,000 chance that you'll find true love in your lifetime he like crunched all the numbers like the population of the earth based on your age everything 
And I was like, yeah, man. And I want to find true love time and time again. I don't know about you guys. He's saying there's a one in 10,000th chance that I'll find love in my lifetime. Yeah, but he like crunched the numbers. If He's saying like there's no way that there's such thing as like a soulmate, one person in the whole world who's your soulmate because based on the population of the world, you'd have a one in 10,000 chance of finding true love then in your lifetime. Oh, right. If there was only one person for you. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Just like <laughs> mathematically, that makes sense. <laughs> but yeah. maybe maybe that's why it's been rough. I haven't found my – I have a one in 10,000 chance, my person. Where are Truly. you? And if we all had a one in 10,000 chance, then none of us would find true love. Come on. It would be like winning the lottery. But are we all finding true love? I mean, yeah, some of us are. Some of some us other are. ones of us are bitter, <laughs> as we talked about at the top of this podcast. I'm bitter. We just need Fletcher to come on here and, like, be in the background to say I'm bitter anytime that it's necessary, which is a lot when it comes to us. I feel like, yeah, I, I've never really believed necessarily in one soulmate. Um. I, when I was younger, I probably did. I think I always used to say, I can't wait to meet my soulmate. And I only looked at it in like a romantic type of way. My soulmate has to be romantic. Okay, wait. And so why do you think you said that as a kid? I think that's just what I believed. I feel like I always used to think, you know, there is one person out there for everybody. And that's how it's meant to be. To be honest, I feel like when I was a kid, I wasn't thinking that, you know, like, so in-depth of soulmates. I probably didn't even know what that term was when I was a kid, but I feel like I was super influenced by like Disney movies, for example, and just seeing those types of relationships portrayed. And then as I was getting a little older in high school, you know, I think I still believed in like, yeah, you have all these experience, but it's only going to lead you, or sorry, you have all these experiences, but it's only going to lead you to like the one you're meant to be with kind of thing. Mm, oh, meant to be. Yeah, meant to be is an interesting concept. Which is another thing where we'll get into this because it's kind of, it can be a bit of a brain dump, but I've been getting a little bit more into soul connections rather than being like, you're my soulmate. The more I've been inter interested in example, like tarot, like I'm super into tarot readings and I hear a lot about different soul connections you can feel through your lifetime. So they say like a soul connection, this is an article from Mind, Body, and Green, is when two people feel they're linked on a soul level in a significant or extraordinary or an extraordinary way. Um, it's sometimes like feelings where you feel you can meet someone and you already click. You know each other, you understand each other right away, things just feel right. And this can be in love and friendship. You know when you have those friends that you meet and it's like you're just so close instantly right away. There's no questions asked. Or in some love, like love situations or relationships, you meet someone where you're like, how did we click like that, that fast? Like we just instantly yeah. got each other. So I actually believe it's not that those people are maybe like meant to always be in your life right away. And I'm thinking of it more in like a loving, like a relationship. Sometimes I think that could just be a different soul connection in your life. And the same goes for friendships. And you know what? Sometimes soul connections with friendships as well can also diminish. Maybe it was meant to be in your life for like that period of time to teach you something. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. 
I also think that like humans are too complex to have one soulmate. Like not only do we have many parts of ourselves at one time, but we also change. Like we change and grow every single year. We're becoming a different person than we were the year before. So it's kind of weird to like grow up being like, oh, I'm going to find the person I'm like my soulmate, the one person out there I'm meant to be with. But that person at that current moment, let's say, is going to be a totally different person when you meet them down the line. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I feel like that soul connection is such a, such a, in my opinion, a more romantic way to look at it than soulmate. Oh yeah. I love the term soul connection. I think it's great. And I have a lot of people who I think I did have a soul connection with. Um, yeah. I think about that with my friendships and I think about that with some past people I've dated where it didn't maybe work out, but I can recognize, like, I think there was like a soul connection. It doesn't have to be like, it was super deep and meant to be like long lasting, but I find Mm -hmm. like the ones that I feel like were pretty instant and really quick. I'm like, no, I'll recognize that as that because I think it was an instant. We got each other right away. And I think that can be kind of rare sometimes. So yeah, don't overlook it recognize it and be like that's probably what it was because I believe in those also the great thing about a soul connection is that it can just be yours to have like if you're talking about a soulmate that involves you and another person and so in order for them to be your soulmate it almost has to be like recognized by both of you that like you are soulmates or something but when you're talking about soul connections it's like it doesn't matter what the other person felt even it's like i know there was a soul connection i felt in my i felt my soul connect to theirs and it and that's all that really matters and and i can have many of those in a lifetime it's more like personal and then obviously made even better when you share that with the other when the other person shares that same like reciprocal um, feeling or something (laughs) yes requited love is nothing better than requited love yeah because i i think there's so many instances where maybe you feel it in and maybe they don't feel it but if you feel it that's also okay because that's something you needed to go through you know because because then here's the other thing though could it be could you be mistaking a soul connection for just having a really intense infatuation crush on someone Mm, which you have been um, accused of, I feel, by like friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. You, you'll be accused of like, you feel like a real a real connection with someone and then a friend or family or whatever will be like, no, it's just lust. Yeah. And you're like, listen, it's my soul connection to have. You can't tell me what it is. I agree with that. And I think, I think it's no one else's like, say I think like you're allowed to feel what you feel and if you feel that that's totally fine and keep if you want to keep that to yourself and that makes you feel good go for it because I can think think of an example from a few years ago when I really had a huge crush on someone and her and I got along right away we connected instantly um and I remember thinking oh my gosh we like get each other right away and it's instant but I also just had like a massive crush on her And then I think, I wonder, we got along really well. And maybe it was like both of us are just really personable and got along as friends. And then I used to kind of bring myself down for thinking, well, was that like a type of soul connection? But then I thought like, maybe it was, and maybe it wasn't on their end, but I'm not going to overlook that now and think like, no, it wasn't. It was just less because at that moment in time, I was super connected to that person. 
and then it ended and then it's okay that it ended because you move on but then you learn something from it yeah i wonder like what's the harm in saying it's a soul connection like what's the harm you know what i mean like why do we need to be like no it was just crushed a crush like why do we need to downplay everything like why can't it be what i felt it was at the time why not because people, I actually think people put a lot of emphasis on like, what's a real connection and what's not. I know someone who would say like, it's not really a connection if you haven't met the person yet. Like, I mean, in person or. Well, yeah, I, def I definitely don't agree with that. Yeah, I think you can totally, totally form a connection with someone. Or feel a soul connection. Like I even find through the internet, we've talked about this so many times on the podcast. We talk about how a lot of queer people develop really deep friendships online, like through Instagram, through Tumblr, like Tumblr. Shannon mentioned in the last episode. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I have a really good friend named Vivian who I was actually just FaceTiming um, right before we started chatting for the podcast there, but we met through Instagram and uh, we, we are so close, like super tight. Like I would actually consider her a really good friend. We only hung out twice, literally when she came to Toronto and then she left. I have a really good friend, Amanda, who I met, who I haven't met in person yet. And I met her online, but we FaceTime, we chat. It's like, you can develop like these connections and consider these people friends. And I would view them as like soul connections. It's super quick. You, you get each other right away. You also share similar experiences. Yeah, but I, I know someone who fully told me, I don't think you'd really have that until you really meet them in person. I mean, I think it's different for everyone. Like maybe that person who said that just would never be able to open themselves up to forming a connection. I don't think it's about, yes, you can or no, you can't. I think it's about, are you open to the idea of forming a real soul connection virtually or in person? And if you're not open to it, then you're not going to do it. You know what I mean? But you brought up a good... Um, talking point that I wanted to ask you about just in this world of soulmates, soul connections, like how does that factor into being queer? Because I feel like we've talked so much on the podcast about queer people, like just having such intense emotions for so many totally valid reasons. Um, my favorite one being that like it's my favorite just because I think it's such a shared experience for so many queer people is that like your emotions are repressed growing up. And so then later in life, they come in super strong as if you're like a teenager again. And I feel like that might factor into the whole soulmate soul connection thing, like finding it's not just about like, oh, dating or whatever. It's about like, no, I really want to form a connection with this person. Oh, my God. I I think this and that's why I think it's so important to reiterate soul connections don't always have to be around dating because it comes along with friendship and queer friendships, which is so important. And I've been someone who has been so adamant about really wanting to build my circle of like queer friends. And I think like a, a huge thing is that we get so close to people is because of shared experiences. I met Amanda through like a Facebook group, literally. That's how we met. I had posted. What Facebook group? It was um, Malayalis for Black Lives Matter. Love that. It was on Facebook. And I posted in the group because there was like something where it was like, 
we want to post about like what you're doing and who you are. Like we want to know like who's in the group. And I posted a video being like, hi, my name is Persis. I'm Meliali. I'm 24. I was 24 years old at the time. It was before my birthday. And I posted the video on YouTube I did that was Femme Lesbian Struggles. And I said, I also want to point out in this group that I'm a queer woman. And I think that's really important for me to like be that representation in this group for like this group of Meliali's. Yes. And Amanda messaged me from it. And she was like, oh my God, I think I'm also figuring out my sexuality. Like, can we chat? And it was awesome. And then we talked more and she watched a few more of my other videos because I think she just wanted to know more about like what kind of stuff I was talking about. And through that, she opened up to me. We talked about her experiences and what she's been repressing, what I'd been repressing for so many years. And it was like an instant bond, which I thought like, it can be hard to, not that I don't think we would have had that if we like met somewhere, like on the street or we met, I don't know. But I think instantly her and I just had that, like, I got you, I have your back. We both are going through the same thing or what she was going through, I had gone through before. Yeah. So I can be that person to walk her through it. And now Amanda is fully out oh my god that's unreal it's like the most amazing thing and I'm just like we and it's like we have this such a close friendship I'm gonna laugh because Amanda's gonna be like girl like (laughs) I'm like talking about her so much on the pod (laughs) but so embarrassing but I think about it where I'm like I like know so much about your life and we've never met in person before yeah we have like a FaceTime hang like next week yeah well, I think it's more than just knowing stuff about her life or vice or her knowing stuff about you. It's not about knowing stuff. It's about like connecting on a level where you feel totally vulnerable to like have these really, really deep conversations about sexuality and about your queerness enough to push her, not push her, but like inspire her to step into her sexuality, to come out, to start dating someone openly, like all of those things. I'm not saying it was because of you, of course, because Amanda is her own person she makes her own decisions in this life but I'm sure you were a huge influence on her making those steps maybe and I think like having that person to kind of talk to and have advice or confide in um would have been really helpful and I would confide in her about like everything under the sun too um and I just think that was like an instant connection where I found I think a lot of it can be through shared experience but what about the ones that are like unexplainable Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Like, have you ever had, okay, I have two questions, two parts with, we're talking about romantic partners now. Have you had an experience with a girl where your shared experience, like you were just talking about, is what made that soul connection happen? And I'm talking romantic and, or have you had any experiences where it's just like totally unexplainable, like instant? I have answers for both of them. Okay. And they're, they're both They're both yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked. I have one um, right now that I am thinking of in my head where I feel like there's definitely shared experiences between me and this person, which I think could have helped with the uh, getting each other right away and kind of feeling like we're on the same page. But then there was definitely other factors to that where I felt like, yeah, but I also feel like I st- almost like we all we knew each other right away or we already had that like instant chemistry. And 
yeah, maybe we were bonding because we're both playing on the same team. <laughs> we're both a part of the um, gay girl LG, crew, the gay girl crew, or like the gay girl is, summer twenty twenty one. Gay girl summer twenty twenty one, or what Demi Lovato said one time that made me laugh: the lesbian mafia. Oh, oh, damn. Yeah. Or the alphabet, alphabet, oh my God, mafia, alphabet mafia. Like LGBTQIA plus, 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 plus. Yeah. Um, So I have had that with someone where I definitely think the shared experiences boosted it and the romantic attraction was still there. But I think we had that to kind of be like, okay, let's like talk about this first. Mm. My other scenario is Mm. I did have a soul connection I felt with someone yeah. Where I, we didn't have shared experiences. It was one of those things where I felt like I just saw them one day mm. in a different light. It was like, I saw them, mm. they saw me. And mm. I think we were both just like, interesting. And you know what? I told them that not long ago. Um, <laughs> for our regular listeners, uh, can I take a guess? Wait, you cannot say their name. No, is it Alice? No, we've never talked about this person on the pod with a name. Oh, oh my God. Should we give them a code name? They, they deserve one if you had this like, is it me? <laughs> Are you telling me now? Is this your way of telling me? No. Oh, no, no, no. No, baby, you know. We oh. also had shared experiences. Oh, that's true. Uh, yeah, we lived together for seven years. We shared everything. <laughs> Okay, let's give this person a code name just for fun. Okay. Um, Introducing a new person to this pod. I'm going to call them Star. Oh, with two R's? Yeah. Oh, that's dope. <laughs> <laughs> but is it because it was written in the stars? It was written in the stars. No, yeah. you're the only one written in the stars for me, baby. I know, baby. Okay. But, yeah. Sorry, go on. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say that I think that was one of those things where I felt, I don't really know where it came from, but it just kind of felt like a instant, we didn't even like talk that much the night I felt it. I remember being in a, in a, (laughs) I'm trying to figure out who this is. I really want to figure it out. I don't, don't tell me. I was in a bar and we kind of just like, we're friendly, but we weren't like good, good friends or anything. And then there was just like a moment where all of a sudden I had the purses hard eyes on my oh, face. Uh-oh. Like I saw That's her. A, a, that means trouble. I saw her in a different light. And I, she did too that night because we kissed that night. Okay. Here's actually a follow-up question to that. When you had your like changed perception, when you were like hard eyes purses and you're like, whoa, whoa, I see this person in a different light. Was it just out of absolutely nowhere? Or was there something that was said, something that was done by that person that made you think maybe they were into you? Mm-mm, nothing. Oh, wow. I had that. Okay, so I remember it pretty vividly. I'm being so real. I remember when I was at the bar and we were with a bunch of other people, like who we knew, right? So I knew she was, she was there. I was there. A bunch of other people were there. It was like a moment when I kind of just like, we were like catching up because we hadn't chatted in a while. And like I said, it was like pretty friendly. And then I think she asked me like, 
oh, like, well, how are you doing? Like, what's new? Blah, blah, blah. And I remember when she walked away, I just looked at her and I was like, something just like clicked in me. Mm. It was, it was weird. It I, and I remember being like, Persis, like, where is this coming from? And throughout the night, I kind of would catch myself like glancing at her here and there yeah. and being like, why am I all of a sudden like seeing you in this light, like right now in this moment? Yeah. And then, yeah, to, towards the end of the night, we had gone to another bar and I just like made a move on her. It was one, it was literally one look at her and I was like, and I'd known her for like two years. That's so weird. I know. I wonder what happens on a, what happens on a molecular level, you know? Like, the, I would love to look into the science of attraction. Like, if we could get a scientist up in here who understands how, what happens in the brain when we're attracted to someone, how we can be not attracted to someone, and then... Like, I've totally experienced not really being that attracted to someone and then going on a few dates or whatever, starting to hang out and being, like, all of a sudden, yeah, a switch turns, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so attracted to them. But I think, like, for me, it definitely takes... It's, I think, I can't even think of a, I can't even think of like an example of a time when that happened to me where I just looked at a person in a bar and I, who I already knew. And I was like, oh, I see them differently. I want to know what was going on. I want to know what was going on in my brain. Like, I wish someone could have like dove into my brain to see like what part of it was like serotonin levels were probably like. Oh, oh, it was probably firing at all levels. It was firing. And at one point I remember I like wanted to kiss her but there was like someone behind us. Mm. And then later I was like, I said that to her. I, I can just say what the, I say, whatever is you on my mind. You do. Well, I was going to ask you as a part of all of this, was the tequila flowing? Oh yeah. I, it gave me like liquid courage. I was definitely, I wouldn't say that like sober, but when I was sitting. I on, think you would. I really think you would. But you I, ha- say, you I are wanted to kiss fe- you. Yes, Purse, you are fearless. I think you're like, oh, yeah, the liquid courage. But no, you are fearless. You would say anything to – if you if you like someone, you will say anything to them. I swear. And it's not in a bad way. It's in like a – like a, such a – I'm jealous. I'm jealous because you would say that to someone sober. Easy. Actually, I guess I have. I did tell someone soberly like, I want to kiss you. Oh, for sure. Actually, you're right. You're right. You're right. Question for you, Missy, okay. Missy Moo. Yeah, please do. Romantic soul connections. Yes. How many romantic soul connections do you think you have felt in your lifetime so far? That's a great question. Let me think. I would have to say in my lifetime, I want to say three, but I'm second guessing the one because it was kind of like puppy love. Um, and sometimes I feel like we, we put down puppy love or young love and say that it's not what it is and yeah, downplay it. But I think that I'm going to include it. So three. I think you should include it. If it feels right to include it, include it. Yeah. Just three times where for me, it's about, for me, honestly, it's about friendship. Like in terms of a romantic soul connection, I consider you a romantic soul connection if I genuinely feel like we're friends like we have a like friendship oh I thought you were telling me I was one of the three oh (laughs) sweetie no 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 
<laughs> you know what I just sounded like? Remember in Get Out? <laughs> <laughs> the the like housekeeper who's like, oh no, 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 no. That honestly, that is the scariest part of that movie. I don't care what anyone says. It's not the grandpa running at you. No, it's when she goes. No, 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 no. And then she starts crying, but she's smiling. Oh, man. That I'm going to play that so scene. good. Yeah, can you play it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. 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 No, 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 no. I do something. <laughs> anyway, I digress. I would say three. And yeah, sorry. It was because of a like a, a deep friendship, like a real, like we can kick it. We can just like be, um, like we can just hang. Yep. Um, which I feel like so many, so many hetero romantic connections are like, it's not like you can't just hang. Like it, there's like anxiety and there's pressure and there's like power dynamics and there's, um, you know, everyone's scared to be vulnerable and and ugh, just shenanigans. And so when I feel comfortable with someone, like that's when I feel like, okay, that that is a soul connection on my end. Whether they felt a soul connection or not doesn't matter. I love that. I think friendship first and building that can definitely feel like I like that. We can kick it. I think we Or do. sometimes not first. I just wanted to to say, like it got it. That doesn't mean like friends first and then, but just like developing a really deep friendship. I just wanted to make that clear. Mm-hmm. In case someone was like, oh, no, I'm not friends first with the person. Mm-hmm. No, no, that makes sense. I think ultimately with those kinds of soul connections, when you are so close with someone, I think developing a friendship anyway, whether if it is romantic, I think that element is so important regardless. I mean, I've always thought, though, whoever you end up dating, whoever we are in, romantically involved with, you always still want to have an element of friendship with them. Not, like, not even all, almost. You, you need you need you to need have friendship. It. You need oh, to have friendship. It's a necessity. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. I, if if we're not if we're not friends at the end of the day, then then we're not dating. That's Look that. for the bare necessities. Necessity. <laughs> and listen, sometimes it can work the way in that it's friends first and then romantic, which is exactly how I hope it works with us, babe. I know, cause we'll. Sarah and I have been friends for seven years plus. Yeah. Plus, plus. I think plus. it's been like nine now. Uh, no. Eight? Uh, eight, yeah. Because we moved in together a year after knowing each other. Yeah. Yeah, pretty quick. Everyone was like, whoa, whoa. You moving in? You hauling over here. <laughs> <laughs> I know we only knew each other for a semester. Yeah, but we just felt that soul connection. I think I knew it was a soul connection when we finally did move in together, though. Before that, I was just like, oh, she's so nice. She's going to be fun to live with. Everything's going to be great. But then when we moved in, I was like, oh, wait, this is a soul connection. This is not just a roommate. And we know the moment when. What moment? I think we knew the moment it was going to be a soul connection. Was it when we were laying on the air mattress? That was not when I knew. Oh, when did you know? I think that's when you knew. Yeah, I think so. Because we were laying, we've, I think we've told this story before, but it was like the first night we lived together. I didn't have a mattress yet. So we were laying on this air mattress, drinking God knows what out of some plastic cups, about to go to a party and just talking about like some deep 
stuff, like just really diving deep into like all of our dirty little secrets. And um, <laughs> I don't even I don't even know why, just like because. And then we just like went to the party. But yeah, I was like, oh, soul connection. Perfect. It was that. And I think we we started off deep. We started off like it's not surface level. Like, let's just get to it. But I was going to say I knew when uh-huh. it would have been a month into us living together when we were at a Humber Halloween party and you, so Humber College guys, we were at a residence party, shout out Humber Hawks. Uh, Sarah, I kind of went missing. I was drunk and missing and sad. Um, and I was seeing a guy at the time who was nowhere to be found. So Sarah, Kim possibled her way, because she was Kim possible for Halloween, through the snow because it started snowing in Toronto to find me in residence and I'm pretty sure you like left a party you left like a house party to come find me yes I left a house party I was not wearing enough clothes I was Kim I I was dressed like Kim Possible and I didn't have a jacket and it was a blizzard like a freak October blizzard and I ran from this party to the resident I don't even know how I knew how to get back to the residence and I was looking for you everywhere and you weren't at the residence (laughs) yes I was were you weren't you at Bobby's, Bobby's house. house. <laughs> no, so I think guys want to know what's funny. Oh, that's a different time. No, that was the same time. Oh. I was at the residence, but my phone was about to die. So I think that's also why, or my phone had died. So we were having trouble communicating. So that's why Alice had actually messaged Sarah, but a bit aggressively. She got like mad at you. Wait, what? Because, because, sorry, guys, it's funny. So long story short... <laughs> I had messaged. Mad at me? For what? She shouldn't have been mad at you. Basically, because I was drunk, um, your girl purse was saying, texted Alice. And I think I told you, I was like, Sarah, I'll meet you at the party. I'm feeling a little weird. Because like something had happened and I was like, I'm feeling a little weird. But I said, Sarah, you go to the party. I'll meet you. And plus my phone was about to die. But I was texting Alice a little upset. And then Alice was like, well, where's Sarah? And I was like, oh, she went to the party. But then my phone died. And then that's where it ended. Okay. And she had already had your number because I think she had it from another night. We all went out or something. Mm. So she was texting you, I think being like mad, being like Persis is alone at residence and like you're at a party, which wasn't what I was trying to tell her. Um, but I ended up in someone's dorm room, a, a girl. Randomly, I was like walking around as Ariana Grande. I was dressed as Ariana Grande. Yeah, it was a cute um, outfit. Looking for a charger. And I was, mind you, wasted. The girl let me into her room to charge my phone. It was like a green lit room. Oh, yes. I remember this so vividly now. The green lit room. Okay, listen. I This is the only time on this podcast I'm going to give Alice some, some, uh, some props here, okay? Because I probably shouldn't have left you. If you were – if you were – I don't remember if you were sad, like what you were sad about, but if you were sad and also drunk, I probably shouldn't have left you. So straight up, like, no, you're not allowed to get mad at people you don't know. Mm-mm, that's not cool. But I'm glad I can possible back to you because clearly you needed a friend and I didn't realize that you needed a friend. But as soon as I did, I can possible at home. But I probably shouldn't have left you in the first place. No. And I think why I was sad, because it had to do with it had to do with Bobby and his ex. And 18-year-old me was, like, too drunk to deal with it all. And that's when Bobby was like, oh, well, don't worry about her. And he came to – he actually met us at the front of the residence. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Because he was wow. at the party. 
What a night. Do you what think any night. of the listeners care about this? <laughs> yeah, they do. Do you think? Okay, cool. Yeah, well, listen, I'm, I'm so sorry that I left you, but also, you know what? I think I made up for it by Kim possibling through a blizzard to come save you from the green room, okay? Impossible. Come here, beat me if you want to reach, reach me. me. If you want to reach me, it's okay. I was just sitting there in the room like, hey. Yeah, you <laughs> You literally were like crushed up against a wall. I remember you were like sitting up against a wall. Was there even anyone in there? Like <laughs> the girl. Oh, the girl. <laughs> Can you imagine if that girl was your soulmate? That parallel, would be cool. Parallel. I'm so happy you like that song. I just introduced a new song to Persis. It's not a new song, but it's a song I love. I used to sing it like around the house when we lived together. Mm-hmm. You never cared about it when I sang it, but when the actual singers sang it, you loved it. I used to think it was your original song. <laughs> Which is such a compliment because it's so good. It's called Parallel Lines. It's by Caroline Spence and Robbie Hatch. You guys should listen to it. The acoustic version is really good. But anyway, <laughs> what is this episode even about? Soulmates. Soulmates. And I just wanted to touch on something that we haven't talked about yet with soulmates, that a lot of studies have shown that believing that the person you're with is your soulmate is actually is actually worse for your relationship and the wrong way to look at your relationship and to look at things that happen in it. And like many studies have shown that couples who are more realistic about their connection, kind of like we're talking about with a soul connection as opposed to a soulmate, actually can view their relationship in a more positive way and they're better at solving conflicts in the relationship and they feel more like they can solve a conflict and then feel more satisfied with the outcome. But imagine if you're dating someone and you're like, they're my soulmate, they're the one for me. And then you get into a conflict Maybe you resolve it, maybe you don't, but afterwards you're not as satisfied because you're like, oh, maybe that's maybe they're not my soulmate. I thought yeah. they were my soulmate, but we got into this fight. If they're my soulmate, we wouldn't have gotten into this fight, which is a totally unrealistic way of looking at it. We're humans, of course. We're gonna we're gonna argue. We're gonna have conflict, right? But if you think of your SO as like a soul connection instead, then you know conflicts are gonna happen, and that it it's almost feels it almost feels great to resolve them and to move forward and to grow. Yeah, because it feels real. It's real. You you put it so, you put it in the best way where it's like, I think we put unrealistic expectations on what the term soulmate means. The one for me, the one I'm supposed to be with, the one who was brought into the world to be with me and yeah. vice versa. We were meant to be together. And I think that puts a lot of pressure in a relationship. I hear this all the time where people will look at a couple and be like, oh, they're meant to be. They're soulmates, you know. They're totally meant to be together. And that is a lot of external pressure there to put on the relationship. You hear that with like celebrity couples a lot, like perfect celebrity couples, like John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Everyone mm-hmm. being like, oh, couple goals, couple goals. But like, imagine the pressure that puts on them in their relationship. Even like Jay-Z and Beyonce. Remember when Beyonce released Lemonade? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, I think people were more hating on her for getting back with Jay-Z. Yeah, which, like, don't even get me started on that. Yeah, because are you also kind of like, girl? No, I'm actually the opposite. I'm like, really? let, I'm like, let Beyonce do what Beyonce wants to do. Also, she loves this man. He loves her. Like, everyone makes mistakes. And let's, you know, like, give 
people second chances. Let's give people second chances. And I feel like at the end of the day, too, like we don't know their situation. Exactly. You never know someone's relationship unless you're in it. Yeah, you don't know it unless you're in it. So it's like, it's kind of one of those things like, yeah, I don't know Beyonce. All I know is what I heard in the media, but also you can't believe everything you hear in the media. So exactly, it's her decision. I have another question about soulmates that I want to get your take on. Yeah. How do you feel about the idea that two people who have already been together, but maybe broke up, might still be meant to be together? Like, how do you feel? You know how people might say like, oh, if you love something, set it free. And if it's meant to be, it'll come back to you. You know that, you know that saying? Oh, Or just like when people break up and they're like, you know, if it's meant to be, we'll find our way back to each other, whatever Mm -hmm. that is. Like, how do you Mm -hmm. feel about that? Like, almost like um, feeling like a soulmate, like you're supposed to be together. It's meant to be. It's written in the stars. And it's because you've already formed this like solid relationship. I believe it. And I, okay. Yeah. I believe it like wholeheartedly. I think I believe in situations like that, where if it is meant to be for you, it will come back to you. And maybe when you, if you did have to break up for a certain amount of time, I think you were also meant to break up for that reason. And you needed that separation because maybe there's things you needed to learn or the other person needed to learn, but who knows in a few years time, if, and I know I don't mean to sound cheesy with this, but I actually do believe in it. If the stars do align and you and this other person end up in a situation where you're both like, we're both in good places right now. You're single, I'm single. Maybe we, ha- maybe we still have this thing or maybe we don't. But if we do, let's give it a try. But I, I believe in that wholeheartedly. Yeah. I think, and they also kind of say too, like the universe always mentions like, if something's meant to be for you, you never have to chase it. It will come back. Um, and I think that goes along with like you and a partner who maybe had to break up or something just wasn't working out. Cause even sometimes like it could just be things were just not working out for you too in this moment in time, things were happening. Communication was bad. It was rough. And you might even be thinking this is brutal. Like we'll never be together because like we're clearly not working, but you could meet that person again. And maybe you're both ready this time, but only if it's meant to be, I think if it's meant to be, it'll come back. Yeah. I, I hear you and I agree with you. But I think sometimes I get, like, when we're having this soulmate conversation, I get a little bit lost in, like, the the meant-to-be argument. Like, isn't saying that everyone has a soulmate, saying that we're meant to be with someone? Like, I know it's a, I know it's a fine line, but... But the, but the way I view meant-to-be is that I think... I don't always think it means, like, it's meant to be, like, you're one and only. I think, like, the way I see it is that friendships are meant to be. Sometimes certain jobs land in your lap because it's meant to be. I believe in the terms of meant to be is if something comes into your life at a certain time in your life, whether it's short or long, it doesn't have to be permanent. It was still meant to be. So that's the way I even view relationships. You can have multiple meant to be's. Like maybe I'm dating someone now. We break up. Maybe we date again when I'm 30. It was meant to be at that time, but then maybe we'll break up again. But if they came back into my life, you know what I mean? Maybe meant to be, I feel like what, what I'm hearing from you is like meant to be is more situational. It's not so much like pinning all your, 
pinning the whole, you know, the gravity of the universe on one person or one job or one situation. It's more just like the things that come to you along the journey are all supposed to be there. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. Otherwise, they wouldn't. And then sometimes I feel like there's situations where I feel like, how did that happen? Like, that seemed like it was easy. But then I'm like, maybe it was meant to be. Like, it was meant to be for me in this time. Sometimes I even think about, like, how I ended up in the world of marketing, where now that's something I would have never, ever in my life really considered. I didn't even really know what it was. Mm -hmm. But now marketing is everywhere. I've like fallen in love with the world of marketing and how excited I am to be able to like work with brands and like build these like exciting personas. But I just kept thinking like I got my start in, in a situation where it kind of felt very like meant to be, do you know, at the moment in time. And I'm not saying it was meant to last forever because it ended, but Mm -hmm. I got my kickstart in something where I didn't view it like that at the time because I was kind of, I was younger and I was like, okay, but I kind of thought, no, I think this is meant to be and like maybe what I actually want to like really pursue long-term. And I didn't think about that then, but now I think about it. I'm like, oh, interesting. It kind of feels like safe and cozy to be like, everything's meant to be. Like everything that happened to me today was meant to happen. It makes me feel kind of like, oh, I don't really have control over it. Even though I know I do, I do. I have control over the decisions I make. But it's kind of nice to feel like, you know, someone else is in the driver's seat of my life and I'm just along for the ride. I think, I do think we're in the driver's seat of our lives. But the, the, there's signs that we can take. And it's like, it's like, listen, hear me out, okay? Signs you can take? Listen, okay. Like out of the ground? I'm picturing, I'm picturing it like, Everyone envision this. Everyone close your eyes, okay? Okay. Everyone on the podcast and Sarah. Mm -hmm. We are in the driver's seat of our own lives. Okay. Does everyone have their license? I'm going to say yes. Yes. I mean, everyone, everyone's being really silent right now, so I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why everyone's (laughs) just like choosing now to be quiet, but okay. I'm going to say yes. (laughs) I also have my license. Nice. I'm driving down a highway. Okay. There are different exits I can take. Yes. They are all signs from the universe. Okay. And I'm allowed to choose what path. I can choose what path I want to take. Okay. But what I do believe in is that sometimes, depending on the path you choose, Mm -hmm. it's going to end if it's not meant to be. Do you know what I mean? So I yes. can I can go down the, the pathway that says date date Angelina Jolie. Yes. And I'm gonna be like, of course, yeah. zoom right uh, into room, that. Vroom, vroom, yeah, vroom, yeah. vroom, vroom, mother yeah. effort A going down. Lucy Lou into that road. Yeah. Yeah. And then then I reach a roadblock. Mm-hmm. There's accidents. It's <laughs> She is a metaphor machine right now. And then I keep okay. thinking, is there, is there any other way? I thought this was meant to be. No, it wasn't. Take me down that other pathway. The Demi Back Lovato the sign. Highway. Oh. Back to the highway. Oh. <laughs> All right. The, the Demi Lovato sign. Yeah. I find myself driving, driving, driving. Yep. 
And I keep driving and I haven't reached my block yet. But maybe I will. (laughs) (laughs) So far, it's meant to be. Yeah, I mean, you're driving down that road right now. Should we announce to the to the listeners? Is this a good time? Yeah, we I know should. Demi told us not to say anything. But. For Demi's interest, I'm not going to say it. But okay. what I'm I'm going to keep it a secret. So, oh, <laughs> even though I just told everybody, you just spilled the beans, but it's fine. I like but, that. I like that metaphor. <laughs> like the unit. Like I think we can choose. We choose our own path. But I think sometimes things work out when they're meant to be and when they're not meant to be, it ended for a reason and you learn from it. That's what I mean. Yes. I also think my family and I, we love the movie The Holiday. If you guys haven't seen it, you got to see it. And there's a quote where um, Kate Winslet says that she needs to be the leading lady of her own life. And so I like to think of that metaphor, like that driving metaphor, kind of uh, as a movie metaphor for my life. Like if my life is a movie and I'm the leading lady, and everything else are just like pieces of the movie that need to all work in some sort of magical, perfect way for the movie to run from start to end. I love that. <laughs> I love that. And you, you also like what, when we, we're not, we're not even close to the end of our movie. Oh, well, I hope not. Not Like there's so, think about it though. I think about this all the time. Our worlds are so small and think Mm -hmm. about like how many opportunities have yet to come our way, how many places we have yet to live. Like I want to see myself when I'm 35 at a bar in New York. Oh yeah. Like looking around me being like, I don't know any of you, but I'm here in this. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) I thought you were going to say looking around at like all of your friends or something. (laughs) I don't, you're like, I don't know, a single soul. But, because I'm picturing it like I just moved there. Oh, okay, got it, got it. Got it, got it. <laughs> I got it. Uh, and then I'll be like, but wow, like, 10 years ago, I was sitting in my apartment in Toronto having a chat with Sarah, and all I knew in my world was Sarah. So it's like, I'm so <laughs> Yeah, you're glad that you broadened your horizons to a whole bunch of strangers in a bar. At a New York bar, yes. Yeah, you're going to regret that decision, babe. But I just When you leave me. Yes, exactly. When I finally, finally close the door. But um, I just find it fascinating because I really, I've always believed in meant to be. Even when I get like really down on myself or sad if a situation didn't work, what actually helps me is I just go, I don't think it was meant to be for right now. Yeah. I don't always say like it wasn't meant to be forever, but I think like for right now. Yeah. I'm I also, yeah, timing. I think I, I'm just like fascinated by the idea of timing and the idea of fate. I love looking back and thinking like, oh my God, I had no idea, like to a specific moment and being like, I had no idea sitting there in that moment of what was about to happen or the where I was about to live or who I was about to love or like who I was about to meet. It's so cool to think about those little moments like, oh, if I didn't go to this bar, I might not have met this person. Or if I didn't go to the school, I might not have met this person. Or if I didn't take this career leap, I wouldn't have got this career opportunity. And so like just I love thinking about that stuff like like kind of like I said, yes, you you can drive your own life and make your own decisions. But you also have no control over the things that are going to come your way. 
No, you can't. Things just, things happen and we roll with it. Yeah. And I think just tying it back to soulmates, that's the whole reason why the idea of one single soulmate that you have in the world probably isn't a healthy one because you never know what life is going to throw your way. And you have to be open to the idea that there can be multiple soul connections in your life and that they can all be their own little slice of soulmate. Um, and it doesn't have to be just like confined to this one person or this one time. Oh God. Yeah. Good. Well said. And like, I mean, I even find this too. Like I always find I have such a close relationship with, relationship with my sister and I know she's my sister and, and you feel the same with your sisters too. Mm-hmm. But I'm always like, it's not because she's my sister that I'm saying she's a soul connection because not all sisters are close, but I genuinely have a soul connection to her and it doesn't mean her and I get along all the time. Mm. We're very different people, but mm-hmm. <laughs> that's also a good thing. And I feel like yeah. that's why we are so close because- we learn off of each other. And I think soul connections are definitely people who come into your life where you learn something from them. Purse, do you have any advice for listeners who want to develop more soul connections in their life? Mm -hmm. I do. I think being open-minded is the biggest one because I think the more open and vulnerable you are, you are already showing whoever you meet, that person, that you are open to receiving them. And I think that can make anyone's bond so much stronger. And I'm always a huge believer in like, you know what? I get it. I can be, I say a lot. I talk with my heart on my sleeve and I'm even speaking in friendships. Like one of my, um, one of my really good friends, Danielle even told me it was like her second day of work when she started at my old agency. Second day, she was new. I like sat her down and I was like, okay, let's not like have small talk. Like, tell me about your love life. What's going on? And she's. <laughs> you did? Yeah. I kind of love that. And she started laughing because at first we're like, our first conversations were like, tell me about school. Tell me about this. And at one point I was like, want to get lunch? Like, let's go for a walk. And then she tells me she remembers that so significant- significantly because we became so close right after that moment. Mm, mm-hmm. And she was saying like, I kind of had to be like vulnerable with you because I had to actually tell you about a situation that wasn't working in my favor at the time. Yeah. But I, I just told you that because you asked me. And then mm-hmm. since then, I think we reached another level of like a friendship. So I think like, and I consider her a soul connection. So I think it's kind of like, you gotta not be afraid to open up and, and being vulnerable is cool. It's great. And it's beautiful. We should make merch that says being vulnerable is cool. Yes. Down. That. Me too. I also think another important thing to think about if you want to make more soul connections is working on your communication skills. Work on your listening skills and work on your verbal and nonverbal communication. Just like practice, like practice with the people in your life. Practice really listening to them being super present in a moment with the people in your life Um, and then digging deep and being able to talk about the way you're feeling or things you're experiencing in a non-surface level way um, to practice those things. And the better you are at communicating, the easier it will be for you to really connect with someone beyond the surface and like hear them out and 
um, like form something deeper. I love that. And it's not to say that's easy. That's scary. Beyond scary. It's beyond that scary. comes really that I feel like that comes really easy for you and not so easy for me. So I feel like the scaries for sure. You know, what's really funny is I was actually telling someone who I had dated briefly. I actually told them cause they told me that they, um, admired how much I can open up because they said not a lot of people can do that. And I said, what's funny is I, I get scared to do that because I have been burned a few times where sometimes I see opening up as a downfall. And I even told them, I'm like, sometimes I think I need to learn to just protect my heart a little bit more because I think I do because there's a line, but you know what? Yeah, for sure. As much as I tell myself that I can't help it. I think it's like (laughs) in me. I know. I know. I think that too. And, and you can work on it. It's like, but I, I think it's less about opening up or being vulnerable. And it's more just about like, um, no, I, I, I don't know. I think that, I think that I just can't picture Persis without saying how she feels. <laughs> yeah, like I, mean, I don't, I don't think those two things can ever go together. Like you literally can't keep it in when you feel something for someone. Like you literally can't. No. If you're not saying it to that person and you're saying it to like me or whoever. And eventually it'll seep out. That person will see it because I can't hide it. So. Hard eye purses. That's the thing. I think we should literally put a picture of me with my hard eyes or in a moment where it's like the glazed look comes over and it's like she has her hard eyes on. It's a glaze. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a glazed donut. (laughs) Um, real quick though, um, yeah. cause I don't know how much we can go into it because I personally don't, I'm no expert in twin flames, but. Oh yeah. I forgot about this. Yeah. Do you know anything about twin flames? All I know is that it's like, okay, no, I don't know anything about twin flames except that your friend Jess and her fiance are twin flames, mm-hmm. but, um, I imagine them to be like soulmates, but deeper question mark. So What's interesting, and I could be wrong, so someone tell me if I am wrong, but I believe that we only have one twin flame connection because, and the reason why I say this is because it's actually supposed to be such an intense soul connection, sorry, that your soul was split into two bodies, hence like the twin. So it's saying that twin flames, and this is on Mind Body Green, describes an intense soul connection. And a lot of people believe that twin flames are actually one soul that was split into two bodies. So according to this theory, twin flames can love, challenge, teach, and heal each other in unique and powerful ways. So a lot of ways like people compare or talk about twin flames, how they compare it is like, it's the yin and the yang. So a lot of the times like you are connected, but you're also opposites in a way. So it's like, they say a lot of times there's a chaser and a runner in a twin flame connections connection, which is why it can also sometimes be a little turbulent. It's not always like smooth sailing. It's not like we're all in love and like lovey-dovey. Apparently like twin soul connections can be like really heartbreaking and really sad because when you're wanting something, they're not. And then when they're wanting something, you're not, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but you mirror each other. So you can always feel when your twin is sad or you can feel when they're happy, like you can feel their energy around you all the time. Apparently that's how it is. Are like actual twins considered twin flames? Because that's tech, that's technically what they are is like, you know, an egg that got split into two. 
That's probably. Yeah, probably. I'm Cute. not going to confirm or deny that, but I think like, I agree. Cause even twins can say they can feel when their twin is like going through a hard time. Like they can feel it in their body and they can't really explain why. So for it to be a twin flame, it kind of has to be an opposite. Opposites attract kind of situation. I like the idea of, I've always liked the idea of opposites attract. I've always liked that idea. I feel like that applies to a lot of relationships in my personal life and that it's always like a fun challenge, <laughs> you know? It is. I love that like some t- that the fact that it can be incredible and also so hard at the same time. Like I love that kind of like friction. It makes it more fun. It makes it more fun. Sometimes there has to be a little friction and we're not saying like toxic friction where it's like Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. this is toxic, but I think yeah, no toxic up in here unless it's Britney. Unless it's Britney, which I will hashtag later. Britney's free. Well, hashtag not yet though. But this is a uh, step for her to be free because her dad is petitioning now to to free her, okay. and is is gonna tell the judge we can free her. But ultimately, the judge will make the decision. Anyway, it's a step in the right direction. But there's another documentary coming out on my birthday on Netflix. Another one? Mm-hmm. What's it called? I don't know, but apparently, so there's also a court there. She's also appearing in court with her lawyer and they're going to take her dad down. Like, I'm so excited. It's happening September 28th. And that's when the documentary comes out. That's crazy. Oh my God. It's like a birthday gift to you. It is. But anyway, (laughs) it's a little detour. Segue. But I think, yeah, I think differences in relationships are really important or like opposing sides, as long as it's not toxic, because I feel like. You can always learn from someone who's your opposite because maybe you need that and maybe they need to hear something from you too. Amen. Amen, sister friend. The last thing I'll say about soulmates and this whole conversation, this lovely conversation we just had, is that you should probably play Meant to Be by Florida Georgia Line and BB Rexa um, at the end of this episode. And the other thing I wanted to say was uh, this article that I referenced a few times that was talking about soulmates. Um, the, if you scroll down past the article, it like starts a new article called The Four Flirtiest Zodiac Signs According to an Astrologer. And can you guess what is one of them? Libra. Mm-hmm. Aries is on there too, yeah? Nope. Oh. Nope. Libra is one of the flirtiest signs. Are we shocked all? No, I'm not shocked. Also, it's so funny because people always speak of Libra as being like, they're so flirty, but they're also so quick to cut. So that's where I think my Scorpio moon comes into play because Mm. maybe if I had like Libra sun, maybe like Leo moon, I'd be a bit more like cut, cut. But no, no, I get too emotional. So I'm a Libra, but I'm also sensitive, you know? So I'm not all about the flirtiness and the games. I'm more like, I'll flirt with you to, like, marry me, so. <laughs> Straight up. I, and you're not kidding. Mm-mm. Like, that, I know that sounded like a joke, but it was so serious. <laughs> if anyone is interested in taking Persis's hand in marriage, like, Persis, I'm trying to put the vibes out there. We're talking about the universe meant to be connections. You know what? I'm open. You don't think there's at least one person listening to this who you might be able to, like, form a romantic soul connection with? Oh, I 100% think I will. I'm open to that. Heard it here 
first, ladies and gents and everyone in between. I'm just waiting for this to become a Bachelor-esque podcast. Like, I've been saying that since day one. Yeah, I know. We're trying over here. We're trying. We're trying. I'll be the host. I'll be... I was going to say Chris Harrison, but, like, I don't know if I want to say that. (laughs) No, no. You'll just be Sarah Johnson. Thank you so much. I'm excited for this one. Me too. Let's do it. Okay. So I think there's only one way to start to begin this in case you missed it. And I'm going to cue the song. Oh. <laughs> I did not get that. Oh my god. So I'm so dumb. Travel from a distance, yeah. Uh, go go ray. And it's not that easy. Okay, an icon. Yeah, like just in case you didn't know. An icon, a legendary Disney star. Raven Simone. How cute was Raven Simone? on the Cosby show. I hate to bring up Cosby, but like how cute was she? Yeah, we always hate to bring up Cosby, but like Yeah, but you can't take away the amazing moments by everyone else. She was so cute. Like adorable. Um I could just want to squeeze her little face. Me too. I want her to be my little niece. And then when she was on That's So Raven, I just wanted to be her friend so bad. Can I just say, That's So Raven is hilarious. And the yeah. only reason why it is so hilarious is because of Raven Simone. Yeah. It was one of those, like, I feel like so many of those family channel shows. And for anyone listening, not in Canada, you would call it Disney Channel. But in Canada, we called it Family Channel. Don't ask me why. Same thing. Diff name. But so many other family channel shows were not funny. They were like, tried to be funny and it was so lame and it didn't matter if you were like young you still knew it was super lame um <laughs> you know what that sounded like what isabella from Lizzie mcguire no i was thinking she's the man remember when oh. amanda Bynes is like she's lame <laughs> <laughs> also free amanda yeah free amanda um i'm doing a lot of like movie cameos today Anyway, That's a Raven was actually funny. I actually laughed a lot at that show. I would howl. And I got Disney Plus, honestly, earlier this year because we were feeling lockdown vibes. And I was like, I kind of want to get Disney Plus because I want to watch old Lizzie McGuire. I want to watch like, oh, yeah, That's a Raven. And I was watching That's a Raven and genuinely laughing. I remember when she was (laughs) – Raven was just so funny. She was trying to impersonate. There's this one episode where she – got detention and she like was such a straight A (laughs) student or whatever and didn't want her parents to know so she um uh was like trying to impersonate her mom and was trying to be two people at the same time so the teacher kept trying to be like (laughs) 
<laughs> Hello, Raven. Like, I want to speak to you and your mother at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that episode. And she kept switching costumes and going <laughs> back and forth. But the way she dressed as her mom was like super voluptuous. And like the yeah. costume was just way too much. And I was like, Raven is a genius. Like the acting, like you cannot mm. compare it. Like no one would have could could have been Raven. No, no one else could have been Raven. Hence the reason why they named her after her, the one and only. I loved <laughs> Boys in Motion. And you know what? Boys, was we are the boys in motion. in motion. We give you our devotion, boys. I think like the main trope of that so Raven was Raven dressing up as people. Because remember in that Boys in Motion episode when her and Chelsea and Eddie dress up as the Boys in Motion and they... <laughs> They go on the stage and they put all this fog so that hopefully like the audience can't tell that it's them <laughs> it's so good and, and they try to like they're just dancing but it's like not good it's not good and they're like obviously lip syncing um and also another iconic episode that i is probably like the one i always think of when i think of that's so raven i know the it's, one what is it the racist one the racism one yes when raven basically just like solves racism she and once again she dresses up as like a very voluptuous black man at a at a store and then remember that saleswoman is like we don't serve black people oh oh no wait i don't hire black people oh i don't hire black people because she hired Chelsea it's, when Chelsea was clearly really bad oh, yeah. during the yeah. test and Raven did so oh. well. So maybe she, she doesn't dress up as a customer. She dresses up as like a, I think I'm getting this wrong. What does she dress up as? I thought she dressed up as like this voluptuous black man. <laughs> but she maybe did. she, but how, but. Oh, I know. What happened? So I think Chelsea had a, I think the, had a, the, camera, on had a camera on her and uh, the salesperson was talking to Chelsea. Okay, yeah, because I was like, the salesperson wouldn't have said that to a voluptuous black man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Can you imagine if you were, like, an actor just trying to get by, and the one credit that you had to your name was, like, the woman in That's So Raven who's a racist? (laughs) I would be like, fine, I was in That's So Raven. Iconic. I know. An icon. Anyway, so why, why, Persis, do you bring up Raven? Simone at a time like this. So the reason why I want to bring the iconic Raven Simone up is because I saw an article in the Gay Times on Instagram that was recently talking about why Raven Simone actually, actually, sorry, refused to make Raven Baxter, the character, a lesbian in the Disney spinoff show that they had after That's So Raven. Okay, first of all, I did not know there was a spinoff. But am I living in a box or something? Like, did everyone know there was a spinoff? I knew there was a spinoff. I never watched it, but it's called Raven's Home. <laughs> okay. I did now not I kind of want to watch it. I mean, yeah. But so basically the producers went to Raven and they were like, do you want Raven to be Raven in the show to be lesbian as like an adult, adult Raven? And Raven said no. Mm -hmm. And then Raven did go on to say that the reason I said no wasn't because I wasn't proud of who I was or I didn't want to represent the 
LGBTQ plus community in any way. It was because Raven Baxter is Raven Baxter is Raven Baxter. There was no reason for me to change the human that she was in order to fit the actress that played her. And Raven Baxter is a character that I was proud to play. Even if she is straight cisgender, I don't mind. Let her have her moment. Yeah. So I have some thoughts and I know Sarah does too. I have some thoughts too, but I'm going to let you go first. Okay. Here are my thoughts. While I actually do understand Raven's point about saying she doesn't really want to change the character because how we saw Raven Baxter in, in um, high school was very boy crazy. Raven Baxter was a boy crazy chickadee. Like she was doing all kinds of crazy things to make boys fall in love with her. We all know it, right? Mm-hmm. But I didn't really agree with her not going in the direction of what the producers were trying to offer because, you know what, I'm not an actor. So maybe in Raven's mind, she does want to separate herself from the character Raven because maybe she would feel, okay, I'm already playing a character that literally has my name, <laughs> but also maybe I want to have a separation and play a straight woman because that could also be fun for me as an actor and also continue the narrative that Raven Baxter had from the original show, but I'm always a person who thinks representation is so important. And if we saw like a lesbian black character in a show, amazing. Like you're already doing so much for that community, um, for the black queer community. But I also think that when she said Raven Baxter is Raven Baxter is Raven Baxter, I also think it would have been a cool opportunity to talk about fluidity and how Raven is could could have changed in time. Now she's an adult. Maybe she went through a lot of stuff and now maybe she's finding out she's a lesbian. I think that would have been like super cool and such an awesome direction for the show to go in. But anyway, I want to hear what you have to say. You basically took all the words out of my mouth. And I know this is a podcast and we're supposed to we're supposed to converse, but you Everything you just said is exactly how I felt. My very first gut feeling was, oh, no, that would have been so cool. That representation would have been amazing. Like, just, you know, having a black queer woman as a center of a, of a show would have been just cool and great for representation. Um, and But my second thought, my second gut feeling was what you just said about fluidity and just how yeah, sure, Raven portrayed a teenage boy crazy girl, but that doesn't mean anything. Like, that does not define her sexuality. That does not define her gender. That does not define who she might love in the future. And I think that by saying, no, Raven is straight, and I'm not going to, you know, change that, you're perpetuating the idea that these boxes exist permanently and that there's no changing them and that once you decide you're straight you can't be not straight or once you decide you're bi you can't decide you're gay just like Pris's experienced so I don't know like those are my first gut reactions I was like oh man like interesting and then I was kind of thinking too just about I just try to step into Raven's shoes a little bit more and I I wasn't even really thinking about the actor thing like that's a good point I was more so thinking about just like Okay, I'm imagining I'm Raven. I am a lesbian. I ha- I, I'm married to a woman I love. I love my life. I'm proud of who I am. But, like, I want that to be my thing. I want that to be – that's my life. That's my – that's who I am. And 
I kind of want to keep that to my to, to me. It's it's like I, why do I need to why do I need to infuse that into my work? Why do I need to infuse that into the characters I play? And I think some people might say she has a responsibility to like we're talking about with the representation. But I was like maybe she just wants that to be her thing, her life. Like she doesn't need you know what I mean to like for it to bleed over into everything. Mm-hmm. But I also think like what what you were saying about like oh well she's already playing a character with her same name. I also kind of think like listen Raven, you are always going to be synonymous with Raven Baxter always. That's just the reality of your life. So why not go for it? Why not just be like I'm Raven Simone, you all know me. And listen, Raven, I am Raven Baxter also. Like why not? You know what I mean? Just like make them the same person. <laughs> At this point they already are. They are. And I, I could be wrong. Listen, I don't really know. I don't know Raven Simone. Never met her. Don't know her. I wish. I do know that her and uh, Orlando Brown did some stuff back in the day. And we did mention that in a podcast episode. Podcast. podcast? <laughs> and her and Chelsea, too. What's Chelsea's actual name? <laughs> Annalisa something. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's one of those things where, like, as a queer woman and as a queer black woman, she is allowed to portray herself however she wants to. And she should never feel a pressure to, to, you know, put herself out there in any type of way to be anything for anyone. She can just live her life and be happy. But it would have been really cool to see that representation. I know. I mean, at the end of the day, I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm here for Raven. She's allowed to make her own decisions like any of us are. But I think that would have been cool for That's So Raven, especially a Disney spinoff show. Like, I feel like that yeah. would have been very revolutionary because, I mean, the Lizzie McGuire spinoff or reboot, I guess I should say, was already having a lot of issues with Disney because of um, how sexual, I guess, the writers actually wanted it to be. Whereas to me, I feel like, or or even how, like, you're carrying on that like adult theme. Now Lizzie's an adult and she's doing this. And I find that with Raven's story, I think it would have just been like a good step in the right direction to introduce like these queer, this queer relationship and the lesbian being like the main character of the show. Yes, I couldn't agree more. It would have been like, yeah, pretty um, progressive for Disney, I think. The viewership would have gone off the charts. You know how many people are going to be tuning into a lesbian Raven Baxter? Mm, I would. That's one thing I was wondering. I was like, did anyone watch Raven's Home? (laughs) I know. I don't think anyone did. Yeah, maybe they would have if she had played a lesbian. Yeah, and (laughs) played herself. Exactly. Played herself. Like, we all know. Raven, we know you, girl. We know you. Oh, you know what she wrote? She goes... I got married to a woman who understands me from trigger to joy, from breakfast to midnight snack, from stage to home. Aw, breakfast to midnight snack. I love that. That's very poetic. That's what I'm looking for in my life. I want someone who understands me from breakfast to midnight snack, not to dinner, to midnight snack. Midnight snack. That's right. And then right back again to breakfast. Yeah, baby. 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 (laughs) Well, thank you for talking about Raven with me. That was a really great blast from the past. I think Raven might be the one of the people we've talked about most on this podcast. Remember for the first few episodes, we kept singing the Raven theme song just like out of nowhere. Like it just kept happening. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I'm still trying to manifest Raven coming on the podcast. Yeah. I think that she will after this, after we just, after we just bashed her decision to not do something she didn't want to do. (laughs) But we, it's, it's no hate. It's just our opinion. People are allowed to have different opinions. That's it. Totally. Exactly. You're right. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yep. All right, Sarah. I love you so much. I love you, Chelsea. Oh, I love you, Rave. <laughs> Rave. Ray. She Sorry, calls her Ray, Ray and I Ray. call Chelsea. And I also just wanted to say that you are my soul connection. You were my soul connection too. Maybe twin flame, but I'll just have to wait and see. I think we're pretty we're pretty opposite. Actually, I don't know. Are we opposites? Are we? Oh yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. Like, according to our astrology. We are. Remember what Amelia said? Yeah. Amelia laid it all out in the line for us. I would call you my twin flame in a second. (sighs) Yeah. Well, we have been through some, like, hard times. And twin flames go through hard times. So. Yeah. We've been through bad times, good times. And we're still on fire. Mm -hmm. It's always, like, a fiery relationship. So. Yeah. We'll (laughs) always be in flames. Listen, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. (laughs) I don't even know what we talked about, but it felt so good to just like chat about fate and life and soulmates and soul connections. It felt really good because I love that this podcast gives up us an opportunity to connect with each other and connect with other people. It's the best. Exactly. I agree. And we love you all. We love you so much. Love you guys. XOXO. XOXO. Baby, lay on back and relax. Kick your pretty feet up on my dash. No need to go nowhere fast. Let's enjoy right here where we at. Who knows where this road?